Welcome back to the podcast on this Monday. Last time we were together, uh, you told us, Pastor John, that God enlists us in his service, which means he calls us to have a part in accomplishing his purposes, not in meeting his needs. Yeah, that's really key. He uses us, and in using us, we meet no need in God. And if that's true, then comes the question, what do we do with all the texts that talk about what we give to God? That's the dilemma in the mind of a listener named Jeff thinking about Sunday mornings. Pastor John, thank you for this podcast. Jeff writes, you have taught that we are to come to corporate worship gatherings hungry to receive, not to give to God as if he needed anything. That's Acts 17.25. Yet there are other passages related to corporate worship that clearly use the language of giving. Like, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. That's Hebrews 13, 15. Or bring an offering to him. That's Psalm 96, 8. Or give thanks to him. Bless his name. That's Psalm 100, verse 4. How do you harmonize these two seemingly opposite perspectives on our role in corporate worship? What do we give to God? It's true that I have said very often that I think pastors make a mistake if they scold their people for coming to worship to get rather than to give. That's a mistake. They shouldn't do that. If I hear a pastor say, if you people would just come to give to God rather than get from God, we would have meaningful worship services. I think that's a serious mistake. Yeah. In fact, I don't hear that so much anymore, which yeah, makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I do suspect that such a pastoral rebuke is really on to something true. People can come to worship to get the wrong thing. Mm. They, they can come to get seen for their new outfit. It used to happen on Easter at the church I grew up in. They can come to appear moral in the community as an upstanding churchgoer. They can come to merely see their friends. They can come to merely take their children to get some moral instruction. They can come in the hopes that their marriage will get better. And pastors sense this wrong coming to get, and they know it's not healthy. My people are coming to get all the wrong things. But when the pastor diagnoses this problem as a disease of wanting to receive instead of wanting to give, that's the mistake. Hmm. It's, not a, it's not a disease to want to receive in worship. I have argued that the very essence of worship, and not just, not just the outward acts, of worship, but the inward essence of worship is being satisfied in all that God is for us in Jesus. Therefore, the way people should come to worship, if I'm right, is to come hungry, to be satisfied in God, to see God more clearly, to taste God more sweetly, to be amazed at the way God is, and to feel the admiration and the wonder of his greatness and to feel the hopefulness and thankfulness and confidence of heart welling up because of the bounty of his grace. 
All that is a way of getting, not giving. And the right posture of that kind of getting is a sense of hunger and neediness and desperation and longing and praying for more of God, more of Christ, more of grace, more power. That's the kind of getting I'm talking about. And my point is that when we assume that kind of needy, expectant, Godward posture, God gets glory, not us. And that's the essence of worship. And worship services and preaching should aim to awaken and satisfy that kind of God hunger, that kind of God getting. But Jeff is right to ask if I am contradicting the biblical language of giving to God in worship. Of course, I don't want to do that. I don't want to contradict the Bible. (laughs) I love the Bible. I believe the Bible. I'm getting all this from the Bible. If If we read our English Bibles, we will see Give praise to God, Joshua 7, 19. Give thanks to God, Psalm 75, 1. Bless God, Psalm 103. Give glory to God, Romans 4, 20. Give power to God, Psalm 68, 34. Offer sacrifices to God, Hebrews 13, 15. I know these texts are in the Bible. (laughs) I love them. I aim to obey them. And I don't think they contradict what I just said about the essence of worship being satisfied and all that God is for us and coming to worship services hungry to get more of God. So here are five quick observations to support this claim that that's not a contradiction. Number one, now, this is just a pointer. It's, it's not a kind of absolute statement about the use of giving language in worship. If you look up all the uses of the word give, which I did to get ready for this, the Hebrew word natan, super common word for give in a hundred contexts. If you look up all the uses for the word natan or give in the Psalms, there are 95 uses of the word give. Only three refer to giving to God. Two, deny that we should. (laughs) Two of those three. Uh, No one can give the price of his life, Psalm 49, 8. You will not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I'd give it, Psalm 51, 18. The, the, The single one other text says, give power to God whose majesty is over Israel. Virtually all other places in the Psalms where we read in English that we should give to God praise or give to God thanks, the Hebrew has no word for give. It's just the word praise and the word thank. <laughs> and we, we use the word give and so create the, the problem for ourselves. None of that says we should not use the language of giving to God. I don't want to go that far at all. But it should be a caution that maybe the psalm writers were jealous not to put God in the position of being the main receiver 
in worship rather than the main giver in worship, since the giver gets the glory. That's number one. Number two, that text, by the way, back in Psalm 68, 34, that says, give God power, give power to God, is translated in the ESV, ascribe power to God. And surely that is right. So I think what we ought to mean when we speak of giving God glory or giving honor or giving strength or giving wisdom or giving power is that we are ascribing those things to God, not adding anything to God. We are, in essence, receiving those things as gifts for us to enjoy and echoing back to God our admiration and enjoyment that we call give God glory. Number three, the Bible teaches that all our gifts to God, whether ourselves or our resources, our praises or our thanks, are already God's. And he himself is giving us the willingness and the ability to give him what is his. First Chronicles 29, 14, when the people of Israel gave generously, David says, I remember I used to use this over and over when I was a pastor to try to encourage the right kind of giving to the church. Here's what he says. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? In other words, the willingness was a gift. For all things come from you. And of your own, we have given you. Now, that means that both the thing given and the act of giving are gifts to us. Number four, Paul says in Romans 11.35, who has given a gift to God that he should be repaid? Of course, the answer is nobody. And then he gives the reason, verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. In other words, the Bible really wants to discourage us from thinking of ourselves as originating any gift to God. We are always receivers, even in our giving. And we should love to have it so. Finally, number five. C.S. Lewis expresses why it is that our giving in worship is really a getting. Our giving praise to God is really getting joy in God. Here's this famous quote that I've quoted so many times. I love it. The psalmists, Lewis says, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. My whole more general difficulty about the praise of God depended on my absurdly denying to us as regards the supremely valuable what we delight to do, what indeed we can't help doing about everything else we value. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy. Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. That's the key right there. John Piper talking. <laughs> That's the key. Okay, here's Lewis again. It is, it's appointed 
So the praise is the joy's appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. So I end where we started. Yes, we come to worship, to give praise to God. But the essence of that praise is being satisfied in all that God is for us in worship. And the overflow in outward acts is the completion of the joy, joy in God, which is a gift from God to us. Yeah, our giving praise to God is really getting joy in God. That's a remarkably profound point about praising Him and how His glory and our joy are bound together, profoundly bound together, which is what we're all about as Christian hedonists. Thank you, Pastor John. And speaking of praise, how do we authentically praise others? That's up next time. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you back here on Thursday. See you then.